It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What was your favorite moment from this past football season? Could Josh Hopper get an extension? That, mailbag, plus pro football focus grades, all that here on a Tuesday, Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, welcome into it, your Tuesday edition of Locked On Vols. I am your host, Eric Kane. So glad you guys have uh, elected to spend some time with me here today. Man, we had 14,000 views on YouTube on Friday's Orange Bowl preview. That is easily, easily a show career high. So, uh, that's awesome. The audio numbers were good, too. But 14,000 views for Friday's episode on the Orange Bowl preview. Uh, that was really, really good. Monday's episode on YouTube did really well as well. So can't thank you guys enough. Having a whole lot of fun here on Locked On Vols. You can always find me at underscore Kaner on Twitter and at Locked On Vols. Your, your every single day Tennessee Volunteers podcast. It is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That is your team every single day. So, uh, man, we have a whole lot of fun here and uh, can't can't do it without you guys. So, got a fun show coming up today. Going to answer your questions, your mailbag Twitter Tuesday questions in segment one. And then segments two and three, we'll go to the pro football focus grades and kind of dive into the stat sheet a little bit more on this Tennessee Orange Bowl win over Clemson by the score of 31-14. to 14. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. It's your Tuesday Twitter Tuesday mailbag show. And uh, we'll go to Sawyer first. Sawyer says, who was the next punter? Brooks has zero leg and rarely flips the field when the Vols need him to. Yeah, Paxton Brooks just, man, it's like one of the weirdest things about this season. And, uh, you know, early in his career, he was really, really good. He had a great leg. And the punt operation, you guys have heard me say this before, uh, you know, throughout the season. The punt operation never seemed to be clicking this year for whatever reason. I don't know what it was. Um, they, they did directional kicking with him this year. Um, I think sometimes he didn't have the leg to get in the end zone. I don't know. It was weird. Um, the guy who will punt next year is Jackson Ross. He is an Aussie punter. He's an older guy. He came in before this season back in the summer and really excited about him. He has got a leg. So I think Tennessee, in terms of uh, the punting, will be in good shape next year. Uh, Jackson Ross, he's on the Ross. You can check him out, an older guy. But he has got a leg to him, that is for sure. So I appreciate the question. Uh, let's move on to... Let's go to let's go to Chuck first. Chuck says, when Hyatt and company opt out of the bowl game and they enter the next quarter or semester or whatever, are they still on scholarship? Do opt outs um, opt out of scholarship or school? It's a really good question. Um, and I can tell you at least from how it how it is now. And I guess I'm not speaking for everybody, but normally you're on scholarship for four years or whatever, or however long it takes you to be, you know, complete your degree, whether it's a postgraduate degree, or if you're on a five-year plan, I say five-year plan. If you're a Tennessee football player, you're not graduating in five years undergrad, because unless you have, unless you're doing dual, uh, you know, dual or, you know, majoring in two different things, um, because you're here in the summer, you're taking summer classes continuously. You're here in January, you're taking a midterm class continuously all that adds up over the course of four years. So a lot of these guys, uh, and I can't speak for Cedric Tillman or Jalen Hyde or Hendon Hooker or whatever, but Hendon's been in college for six years, so you know he's done. Um, you know, Jalen's another kind of another situation because he's only been in school technically two years and a half. Um, but a lot of these guys have already graduated, so 
You know, they won't be in school for that spring semester. Some of these other guys like Jalen Hyatt, um, and, and again, I don't know for sure, maybe he's taking online classes, but a lot of these guys, they will stop school and go ahead and start their preparations for the NFL draft. They'll travel all over the country, go work out with trainers and get in that regiment, come back for a pro day, go to the combine, all that type of stuff. And a lot of these guys will either come back and finish school at a later date or finish school online or something like that. So um, a lot of these guys, you don't even really, they don't even worry about school, you know, after this football season. Again, I can't speak for everybody, but that's kind of the norm now. But a guy like Hendon Hooker's already graduated. A guy like Cedric Tillman's already graduated. He's been here five years. A guy like Jerome Carvin has already graduated. Um, so a lot of those times, that kind of just takes care of itself. But um, to answer your question, I, I do believe, say, Say someone wants to honor their scholarship and you know finish online or whatever. I bet that's paid for, but in other cases, you know, m maybe not. But most of the time, school is already done. Pretty much, they've already graduated or they graduated this past December. Good question that I don't really know if I answered it uh, correctly or <laughs> the way you were kind of taking it. But uh, you know, these guys are here all the time, and so it adds up. And so a lot of these guys can graduate a little early. Let's go ahead and go to Ross. Ross wants to know. Any word on why Samson didn't get a couple of downs at running back? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Probably just the flow of the game. I mean, you saw this. You know, Tennessee kind of gets in a rhythm and all that. I think Tennessee found something in the run game with uh, Dylan Sam or not Dylan Sampson, with uh, Jalen Wright in the second half. Obviously, he rattled off that 43-yard run. Um, he had a couple other, you know, decent runs. And then kind of in crunch time later on in the game when they were kind of pounding it in there and trying to take up some clock, they went to Jabari Small because they knew Jabari Small wouldn't fumble the football. So maybe there just wasn't an avenue. Maybe there wasn't an opportunity for Dylan Sampson. Um, I don't think it's anything against him, but obviously I'm sure he wants to play. But I wouldn't read into that an, an awful lot. Uh, let's go now to Bogies. And again, I think you told me how to pronounce this, and I'm sorry. I'm probably mispronouncing it. Bogies wants to know, any word on an extension for Josh Heupel? They have been burned before with Pruitt and Butch. But it seems like Josh isn't like those guys, fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll have to see. I know that everything moves at a snail's pace. So if you remember this past football season when Tennessee beat Florida, that following Monday or Tuesday, it was announced that Josh Heupel got a, a raise and an extension. Um, that was finalized back in like March or April of last year. Okay, I, they again, that was known back in March or April of last year. So it kind of just took that long to get everything finalized and the the T's crossed and the I's dotted and all that. So if Josh Heupel gets a contract extension and or a raise following this this season, which again he gets bumps in salary, you know he um you know ten win season you get a bump in salary. You go to a New Year's Six bowl game you get a bump in salary. Um, you finish in the top ten you get a bump in salary like all that type of stuff or, or bonuses if you will. So I don't have the exact numbers. I can find those maybe bring them on to the show later this week. But if he does get another contract extension and or raise. That'll be dealt with this spring, but we probably won't know about it, or at least it won't hit the newspapers and, and all that type of stuff until you know later on in the summer and or fall because it just kind of takes slow. But I think he deserves it, no doubt about it. He absolutely deserves to get another raise. If memory serves me correct, I believe Josh Heupel is only making $5 million a year. That's with the raise that he just got last year. Guys, that's putting him still at like 11th in the SEC. So he absolutely deserves it 100%, and I'm with you. I think... Uh, I think Tennessee's found their guy. I truly, truly do. Let's go to, let's see, I think I saw Darius over here. There's Darius. With Tennessee having trouble this season in the secondary and us really not going after any guys in the portal to date, now I think that could change. Um, do you believe they have faith in the guys that we have already or have signed coming in? 
to where they're really not concerned about the secondary next year. Well, I think they're concerned. I mean, you know, Tennessee's defense did take a step this year. Um, gosh, if you take out the debacle against South Carolina, Tennessee's defense uh, really, you know, stat-wise looked really good this year. I know you can't, but, um, you know, Tennessee's got to get more athletic at, at, at secondary. Um, I like Danico Slaughter. Man, he does more. Is he perfect? No, he's still learning the position. He's a guy that can play all over, but I think if he focuses solely on cornerback, I think he can be Tennessee's best cornerback. He brings a physicality to the game that nobody else has back there. Um, the Christian Charles experiment at cornerback, I do not think worked this year. He is a safety. Um, we'll see what Wesley Walker can do at safety next year. We'll see, um, you know, Jalen McCullough's going to be back. You've got to get more athletic back there at the safety position. I think a cornerback, um, I mean, they played a lot of guys because they had to. So many guys were hurt. You, you just got to figure all that out, right? But I do think that there are some pieces there. I truly do. Now, guys coming in, I mean, I think they want Jordan Matthews to play. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. He'll be a true freshman. We'll see how he does in spring. But they're going to give him an opportunity, in my opinion. Maybe John Slaughter at safety as well. Maybe you have two Slaughters back there. They like the group coming in. But I don't think that they're going to be completely absent or just null and void in the transfer portal in that regard. So, um, we will see. And then finally, I think we have one more. I think it's from our guy, Blah. If I can find it. Anyway, can't find it anywhere. But uh, Blah wants to know what my favorite part of the season was, my favorite moment of the season. Um, gosh, I can't find it because he, he gave me an example of what uh, was his as well. And gosh, I don't know where it was. I'm sorry. Anyway, he gave me an example of what his was, but mine is absolutely the, oh, gosh, Eric, read your own handwriting. Uh, it's in my bookmark section. Blah wants to know, what, are your, what was your favorite moment from the season? Mine was the Flowers interception in the end zone against Pitts. It got the comeback started and set the tone for the rest of the season. That was a huge play because, again, if Pitt went down there and scored, went up by, what, three touchdowns at the time? Goodness, great. They would have went up 17 nothing at that time if my memory serves me correct. That was a huge play. I've said this time in and time out, and we can continue to have another show like this as well. This will be a whole lot of fun, and you guys can send me in your submissions, and we can kind of treat it like a Twitter Tuesday and as in what is your favorite play of the year or your favorite moment of the year. But mine is the sequence, the touchdown right before the half against Florida. Um, you know, third and 10, backed up on your own 12-yard line. Pressure coming up the middle. Hooker evades, throws Princeton Fant right at the sticks. First down. Uh, goes and hits Romel Keaton on that drive later on. First down. Then has the highlight roll catch to Keaton down the sideline. And then Brew McCoy in the end zone coming across the field. I've said this time in and time out, but again, I thought that drive was... I thought that drive was what made this season. I truly, truly do. Tennessee took a 17-14 lead in the half and then and then took off there in the second half against Florida. Uh, awesome stuff, guys. Appreciate you guys, as always, for tuning in and giving, your, giving me your questions for Twitter Tuesday. Uh, we will have more coming up, and we'll take a look at the pro football focus grades in segments two and three coming up next right here on Locked on Vols. But as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have those skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates that you want to uh, attract for your jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond the resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to post your posts in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates at LinkedIn Jobs. Connect with them fast and for free. It's by small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs 
number one in delivering quality hires versus its leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, guys, welcome back to your Tuesday edition of Locked on Vols. I am your host, Eric Kane. Really happy that you guys are here with me here today. Pro Football Focus, it tells some of the story... Not all the story, but it kind of dives down into the stats and uh, kind of gives you a little bit more from just the PDF stat sheet if you check it out. Tennessee 31-14 to win over Clemson in the Orange Bowl. We're going to take a look at the Pro Football Focus grades here on the show. A reminder, Pro Football Focus grades elite category is 90-99. to very good is 80 to 89. Above average starter is 70 to 79. Average starter is 60 to 69. Below average starter is 50 to 59. And less than 50 is considered a backup level player. That is the grading scale according to Pro Football Focus. Take a look at the offensive grades. Squirrel White led all Tennessee offensive players. By the way, Tennessee offense, Tennessee's offense played only 17 players in this game. But Squirrel White led the way with 76.9% grade. Again, that is considered an above-average starter. Uh, that was on 66 plays. Joe Milton, quarterback, 69 plays, 76.4 grade. So a good grade for uh, Joe Milton. Darnell Wright, 66 snaps, 72.1% was his grade. Really good start, stuff there. Jalen Wright, 20 snaps, 71.5% was his grade. Princeton Fant, 42 snaps, 68.5. Uh, Brew McCoy, 69 snaps, 66% was his grade. Jabari Small, 49 snaps, 65.8. Jacob Warren, 27 snaps, 67.3. Javon Desbragan, 64 snaps, 62.2. Gerald Mincy, 59 snaps, 61.5. Dane Davis, 3 snaps, 60% grade. Ramel Keaton, 69 snaps, 59.9. Ollie Lane got in there for five snaps at right guard. 58.6 was his grade. Jerome Carvin, 69 snaps, 56.7. Jeremiah Crawford, who played 10 snaps for Gerald Mincy when he got banged up, uh, 56.5. And Cooper Mays, 69 snaps, 52% was his grade. Uh, let's look at the passing, directional, all that type of stuff and uh, for uh, Joe Milton. You look at Joe Milton in this game, really good on the long balls. He was four for seven for 126 yards and three touchdowns on passes 20 yards or more down the field. Why he was so successful in the deep ball on on Saturday on Friday night is because the intermediate to short routes. He was fantastic. I think he was like I think he was like 17 of 26 on passes uh, 20 yards from the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage, up to 20 yards down the field. He was really, really good in the short to intermediate passes. Between the hashes, from 10 to 20 yards, he was 2 or 3 for 24 yards. Uh, from the line of scrimmage, up 10 yards down the field, to the left side, 1 of 1, 9 yards. Middle of the field, 4 of 6, 42 yards. To the right, 5 of 6 passes, 38 yards. Just really, really solid for Joe Milton. Joe Milton was kept clean 64.7% of the snaps. He was under pressure 35.3% of snaps. 
He was blitz seven, or he was not blitz. Excuse me, he was not blitz seventy three point five percent of the time, and he was blitz sixty twenty six point five percent of the time uh, for Joe Milton. Let's check out the pass blocking grades for Tennessee's offensive line. Uh, Gerald Mincy, who was thought to be the best pass blocker for this unit coming in, the transfer from Florida. He had a really, really good day pass blocking. And 29 reps, Gerald Mincy graded out at 79.6% in terms of pass blocking to lead Tennessee's offense. Jeremiah Crawford in only seven snaps at, or seven reps of pass blocking, 79.0%. So that was good. He didn't get many opportunities, but he made the most of them there. Princeton Fant, when he wasn't running routes, when he was staying in blocking, 21 reps, 76%. Jacob Warren, same situation, 15 reps at pass blocking, 735 Jalen Wright, eight reps at pass blocking in the backfield, 73.5. Darnell Wright, 36 reps at pass blocking, 73.1. Those are all really good grades. Uh, Jabari Small, 28 reps at pass blocking, 62.3%. See, he did give up one hurry and one pressure. Javante Spragans, 34 reps at pass blocking, 55.2. Jerome Carvin, 36 reps at pass blocking, 48.8. Cooper Mays, 36 reps at pass blocking, 42.9. And Ollie Lane, two reps at pass blocking, 28.8% was his grade. Um, Joe Milton was sacked four times in this game, but Pro Football Focus only says that Jerome Carvin, the lone player to give up a sack at one sack. Read into that what you will. Uh, Javante Spragans gave up two hurries and two pressures. Jerome Carvin gave up three hurries and four pressures. Cooper Mays gave up one hurry and one pressure. Maybe that's maybe that's a quarterback hit. I don't know. And Ollie Lane gave up one hurry as well. Uh, so that's a look at Tennessee in terms of pass block. What about run blocking? Run blocking, Jacob Warren and Princeton Fant, the two tight ends, led the way at 77.7 and 74.1% respectively. Darnell Wright, 30 reps at run blocking, 69.1%. Uh, Javante Spragans, 30 reps, 62.6%. Let's go here. Jerome Carvin, 33 reps at run blocking, 56.6. Gerald Mincy, 30 reps at run blocking, 54.2. Cooper Mays, 33 reps at run blocking, 54.2%. And Jeremiah Crawford, 3 reps at run blocking, and 50.8. So overall, any way you want to spend it, Tennessee's offensive grades, according to Pro Football Focus, were, were pretty good, pretty solid. Tennessee played a clean game offensively. Were uh, the stats in terms of the total yardage where they normally are? No, they're not. Was the points where they normally were? No, they weren't. But Tennessee overall did a really, really nice job in terms of in terms of uh, just doing what it does offensively. I mean, it's the number one team in the nation in terms of in terms of uh, total offense. And it, it pretty much played like that, uh, in my opinion. I think the stats kind of back that up as well. So uh, receiver matchups, if you want to look at this in terms of who was guarding who, Squirrel White against Barrett Carter did really, really well. He had uh, one target, one reception. Okay, yeah. Um, it was Andrew Makuba. So Squirrel White in the slot against Andrew Makuba for Clemson. Squirrel White was targeted seven times, gave up or caught seven receptions for 94 yards. So it had a lot and uh, and a touchdown. So when Andrew Makuba, who I believe was the safety or maybe it was the nickelback player, when he was guarding Squirrel White in the slot, Squirrel White had a field day. Uh, Ramel Keaton had the most success against the cornerback that was on him, Toriano Pride Jr. 
Keaton was targeted six times with Pride in coverage. Pride gave up four receptions and the touchdown to Ramel Keaton. He got he got bit on the double move, if you remember that. Uh, Brew McCoy, there was a lot of guys that were guarding Brew McCoy, but the cornerback on the far side was Fred Davis in place of Sheridan Jones. Uh, was targeted twice, gave up one reception for 10 yards, but Brew McCoy technically had a reception on Fred on one reception on Fred Davis, Andrew Makuba, Torian Pride Jr., and Jaden Lucas. So Brew McCoy was kind of all over the field in that regard. And then uh, finally, let's see here. Yeah, that, that's all I got there. So anyway, that's kind of in the numbers. That's kind of uh, in the weeds here of the offensive uh, matchup. And anyway, you want to spin it, Tennessee, it did not gain as many yards as Clemson, but it had a whole lot more points. It was efficient without Hendon Hooker, without Cedric Tillman, and without Jalen Hyatt in this football game. Hats off to Tennessee. What does the pro football focus grades look like on the defensive side of the football? Again, a lot of yards, but not a lot of points. That's the key for any any football game. Give up all the yards you want to, just keep them off the scoreboard, and that's what Tennessee's defense did. We'll take a look at the pro football focus grades on the defensive side of the football. Really good day for Tim Banks' unit. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Balls. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, guys, we got one more segment left here of this Tuesday edition of Locked on Vols. Taking a look at the pro football focus grades for Tennessee against Clemson. Uh, pro football focus grading scale, elite 90 to 99. Average Above average starter is 70 to 79. Average starter is 60 to 69. Below average starter is 50 to 59. And less than average starter is considered 50 and below. I left off one there. Uh, it was elite 90 to 99, and then very good is 80 to 89 before you get into above average starter which is 70 to 79, and then average starter 62 69. Okay, so Tennessee played 23 players on the defensive side of the football Friday night in the Orange Bowl, and the guy that led everybody was Danico Slaughter at cornerback on 98 snaps. Remember, Clemson ran 101 offensive plays. Uh, pro football focus, I guess, is counting all the the PATs and field goal attempts and all that. Anyway, according like offensive snaps, Clemson. Ran 101 plays, so uh, Danico Slaughter was out there for 98, uh, 98 of those, and he had a grade of 76, which is really, really solid. I, again, I think Danico Slaughter is a good player. I think he's probably Tennessee's best defensive back if he would just buy into playing the cornerback position and know that the physicality there and how he's good in coverage. Yeah, he's not perfect, sure. I mean, that one penalty where he didn't get his head turned around. I hate that penalty, mind you, but it is a penalty. Um, you know, he'll, he'll just continue, but he was in good position. He bounced back. He was in really good position the next couple of times to make a play on the ball. And of course he packs a hit stick where nobody else's, uh, nobody else in the T Tennessee secondary does that. So I like Danico Slaughter there. Uh, 76 was his grade. Tyler Barron, 46 snaps, 72.9% was his grade. Second highest. Wesley Walker filling in at safety, 
105 snaps is what Pro Football Focus says that he played, 72.4. That's a good sign because Wesley Walker will be likely a starting safety for Tennessee next year. Uh, freshman Joshua Josephs, 29 reps, 65.5 was his grade. Juwan Mitchell, though he didn't play for much of the first ha- uh, quarter and a half, 20 or uh, 48 snaps, 64.8 was his grade. Bryson Eason, who got the start at defensive tackle, 49 reps, 63.5. Deshaun Terry, 17 reps, 62.8. Aaron Beasley, 81 snaps in this football game, 62.4%, which he was the best player on the field, in my opinion. Tamari McDonald, 103 snaps, 60.8% was his grade. Amari McNeil, who made a surprise, not only appearance, but he played 17 snaps in this game, 60.5% was Amari McNeil's grade on the defensive line. Latrell Bumpus, 53 snaps, 60.3 was his grade. Amari Thomas, 37 snaps, 60.2 was his grade. Jordan Thomas, who came in for just two plays, 60% was his grade. Christian Charles, 12 snaps, 59.2%. Byron Young, 73 snaps, 58.9% was his grade. He had two sacks in that game as well. Dominic Bailey, 33 snaps on the defensive line, 57.8. Kamal Haddon, 93 snaps at cornerback, 57.5 was his grade. Tyree West, 16 snaps, 57% was his grade. Elijah Herring, 5 snaps at linebacker, 56.1 was his grade. Jalen McCullough, 105 snaps at safety, 56% was his grade, and I don't think he played very well at all. Solon Page, who had 10 tackles in this football game, 76 snaps, 48.4% was his grade. Deshaun Rucker, 7 snaps at corner, 47.4, and Roman Harrison, who I thought flashed, played 50 snaps, but only graded out at 40.8. Again, Pro football focus grades, they're there for, I mean, they're there. They're not everything. They don't know the, the the actual assignments. They don't know the responsibilities of what these players are doing on every single snap. So it's just a tool for us to, to use. Uh, but again, it's not everything. Let's take a look at these uh, pass defense, uh, these coverage, what, what, what they look like in coverage. All right, so let's go with Danico Slaughter at cornerback. Again, just adding proof to the pudding that he had a solid day. Eight targets. Three receptions is all Danico Slaughter gave up. He gave up, let's see here, 20, or he gave up 26 yards and no touchdowns. If you remember on drive number one, it was third down. They had that 20 yard gain and whatnot um, on third down. That was on Danico Slaughter. And outside of that, he played pretty good along with the defensive pass interference. But he was targeted eight times, gave up only three receptions in this football game. Danico Slaughter played well. Uh, Wesley Walker targeted four times, gave up one reception for 33 yards. Let's see here. Juwan Mitchell at linebacker, targeted twice, gave up two receptions for 11 yards. Tamiri McDonald at star, targeted five times, gave up four receptions for 38 yards. Kamal Haddon was targeted six times at quarterback, gave up five receptions for 48 yards. So clearly, Danico Slaughter outplayed Kamal Haddon in this one. But I thought Kamal Haddon came up and played run support really well. I will say that. Um, Joshua Josephs, who was in coverage sparingly, two targets, one reception for one yard, which is not bad. Aaron Beasley in the middle of the field. He was targeted eight times, gave up four receptions for a total of 20 yards. Christian Charles was targeted three times, gave up two receptions for 36 yards. Jalen McCullough was targeted four times, gave up three receptions for 48 yards. Solon Page was targeted four times, gave up two receptions for 17 yards, and then, or 13 yards. And then Roman Harrison, when he was in coverage out there on the edge, targeted three times, gave up three receptions for a grand total of 46 yards. 
again, it's it's something. It's certainly not everything, but it just kind of is what it is. Look at the pass rushing grades. Um, I thought Aaron Beasley was fantastic. He technically had nine pass rushes. He has a grade of 68.4, and he had two sacks. Um, he did really, really well. Solon Page had six rushes, graded out of 70.2. Um, Byron Young had 50 snaps where it was considered a pass rush. He graded out at 65.1. He had two sacks as well. So, um, you know, he he had a really, really good day in that regard. Latrell Bumpus had 39 reps, had a 63.9% grade. Roman Harrison had 34 reps, had a 63.3% grade. So, anyway, that's something. It's not everything, but those are the pro football focus inside the numbers here on Locked on Vols. And for those of you guys who are not fans of pro football focus, hey, you're in luck. That's the last pro football uh, focus kind of show day that we'll have because, of course, there is no more football to be played in 2022. But, hey, there will be football in 2023. We just got to wait like 245 days or whatnot for that to happen. All right, as always, guys, I appreciate your questions every single Tuesday right here on the show. We'll take time and answer all your questions you may have. And uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in for a little pro football focus here on a Tuesday, breaking down, going inside the numbers of Tennessee's 31-14 to win over Clemson in the Orange Bowl. That's going to do it here for the Locked On Vols on a Tuesday. Thanks so much for making Locked On Vols your first listen each and every day. Now, make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Game recaps, biggest takes of the day, sports recaps of the biggest games, all that and more. That's Locked On Sports today. Make that your second listen right behind Locked On Vols. Hey, you got a couple of really good interviews coming up tomorrow. You don't want to miss those, but same time, same place. We'll do it again for a Wednesday show. This is Locked On Balls. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.